in life you've got to realize that uh, there's purposes and one of the things that's most important is to understand the simplicity of what God has done and I more and more I, I wonder why people make things so complicated and um, the scripture that was read out um, I like okay in Luke chapter 4 verse 16 and he came to Nazareth where he had been brought up and as was his custom he went into the synagogue on the Sabbath day and stood up for to read and there was delivered unto him the book of the prophet Isaiah and when he had opened the book he found the place where it was written the spirit of the Lord is upon me because he hath anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor he hath sent me to heal the brokenhearted to preach deliverance to the captives the recovering of sight to the blind to set at liberty them that are bruised to preach the acceptable year of the Lord and he closed the book and gave it again to the minister and sat down and the eyes of all them that were in the synagogue were fastened on him and he began to say unto them this day is this scripture fulfilled in your ears you know uh, so often that's where people stop um, Christ's anointing is only for one purpose uh, he was the anointed one to do something he came to heal the sick open blind eyes deliver captive that's what he came to do and he hasn't changed in 2,000 years um, he was crucified dead and buried third day rose again from the dead his purpose is to bring deliverance the anointing of Christ is to bring deliverance I find a lot of people um, get mixed up and say uh, oh you know God hasn't come to do this or God hasn't come to do that uh, and they get all religious and uh, but Christians have learned that Jesus came to give us life and life more abundant and he taught us to say give us this day our daily bread and if God gives you what you've asked for then it's rude not to eat it and I believe not in fasting and prayer but in praying fast because it gets things done and the whole concept came from Babylon and heathen practices um, and never instituted by God except on the day of atonement for half a day if you read your Bible but it says Jesus said he began to say did you notice that this day is this scripture fulfilled in your ears now he began to say something well what did he say well he went on and he said something very interesting and he said unto them you will surely say unto me this proverb physician heal thyself Whatsoever we have heard done in Capernaum, do also here in thy country. And he said, Verily I say unto you, no prophet is accepted in his own country. But I tell you of a truth, many widows were in Israel in the days of Elijah, when the heaven was shut up three years and six months, when great famine was throughout all the land. But unto none of them was Elijah sent, save unto Sarepta, 
a city of Sidon, unto a woman that was a widow. And many lepers were in Israel in the time of Elisha, the prophet. And none of them was cleansed, saving Naaman, the Syrian. Uh, you notice that God was very specific. And Jesus wanted to point out to people that uh, you can often, if you hear a, a criticism, you hear a criticism, well, God healed this person, God healed that person, but why wasn't this person healed, that person healed? You know, why wasn't everyone healed? Why didn't the miracles happen to everyone? And they came to Jesus, and there was the same thing. Well, what you did in Capernaum, come and do here. What you did somewhere else, we want it here. You notice the twisted kind of thinking in people's minds. One of the things is that God is bound to do whatever they want. Well, he isn't. And so Jesus, when he said, this day is a scripture fulfilled, hey, I've come to do something, and they're starting to say, hey, but just a minute, we want to see. And Jesus said, well... I'm not going to do it. And then he starts explaining why. He said, well, Elijah, where was he sent to? One widow woman. Three and a half years of famine, only one person he was sent to. Wasn't sent to a city. Wasn't sent to a mass of people, just to one. Elisha, when he dealt with the leper, no, no other leper was cleansed, just one. You see, God is God and he'll do what he wants to do when he wants to do it. And he sends a person with a purpose, uh, and when that purpose is accomplished, that's it. And I've never understood why it is that some are healed and some aren't, until I began to understand that God's God and he's sovereign, and he'll do what he wants to do, and what he doesn't want to do won't get done. And that's it. And there is no explanation on God's part there were many lepers in Israel. Why didn't he send Elijah to cleanse them all? He had power. He had authority. But he didn't. What about all those starving in Israel? The heaven was shut up, it says in verse 25. Three years and six months, when great famine was throughout all the land, but unto none of them was Elijah sent. Just one. One widow woman. You know, my God is very specific with individuals. Uh, and it's amazing that you can't enter into a corporate kind of thing. Everyone has to be born again as an individual. Everyone has to meet God on an individual basis. Everyone has to come into life individually. No wife who comes in and, and meets God can say, well, you know, now God's got to meet the husband because he, he will or he won't. It's a great mystery as to why God would choose just one. What was it about that widow woman that made her special? Was she more holy? No. Was she more deserving? No. No. 
Had she more faith? No. Well, what was special about her? Well, I'll tell you what was special. God chose her. And God sent Elijah to her. What about Naaman, a leper? Was he more special or more holy or more correct than anyone else? Were all the lepers in Israel somehow worse than him? No, not at all. He came from a heathen land. What was different about him? God chose him out. Uh, And it's that that so appalls the human heart. The thought that God is very selective. That is always hard for people to believe. They don't, they'd like to be humanistic and they'd like to believe that there was no choice and they'd like to believe, well, everyone, but it's just not that way. And it doesn't work that way. You know, God chose people out and it's strange in the Bible it says a remnant. God chooses, why didn't he choose everyone? Do you know out of all the children of Israel that came out of Egypt, when you think about it, there were only two people that entered into the promised land, Joshua and Caleb. The rest perished, they never got in. All the promises were there for them, but they never arrived. And God only selected two and said they could go in. Well, was Caleb just better than everyone else? He was one of the spies and Joshua was another. The other ten, they came with lying reports. They came with reports, actually, that were true in the sense that there were giants in the land. They came with reports that were accurate, but from the wrong perspective. Um, Caleb looked at it from God's perspective and the rest looked at it from man's perspective. But the, the, the fact is that so many people from their natural instincts and perspectives uh, make assumptions and they see it from the natural perspective instead of from God's perspective. You can sit in this meeting and you can look at things and having eyes you see but you don't see, having ears you hear but you don't hear because it's by your natural instincts and your natural thinking that you weigh everything up. And to you, you think you're weighing it up. But you're not weighing it up spiritually, you're weighing it up in the natural man, and in essence, all your ideas and all your concepts and all your understanding is false. And in that day, you'll discover how wrong you were. And the problem is, there's always people with one of two kinds of concept either their eyes are open to the spirit world and they can see or their eyes aren't open when your eyes are open to the spirit world you understand that God is sovereign and God will do what God wants to do and that's it God will choose whom he will and it doesn't matter what your human mind says what your human attitudes are what human values are It matters what God's values are. And my God is a very particular God. Why does he choose one and not another? Simple reason, because he's God. Paul wrote it this way, he said, Can the vessel 
say to him that made it, why hast thou made me thus? No. Can you argue with God? No. What he's done and what he's made you is what he's made you. And you have no right to answer against the living God. God is God. And here we have a mystery. Jesus is start, starting to say, God is selective. And that's wonderful. Do you know, to me, that's not a depressing thing. That's a glorious thing. God is selective. Very, very selective. Now, to some people, it's offensive. To me, it's glorious. The reason some people find it offensive is because they think with their natural minds, they have an idea that God's got to save everyone. God's got to do it for everyone. You know, I believe that um, God isn't going to choose, but he cho chose 12. You imagine out of all the people that followed Jesus, he chose 12, and one of them was a devil. I mean, that's my God. What I love about it is God chose me. That's what I think is so wonderful. You see... If you know you're called and chosen of God, it's a glorious thing. Do you know, I, I'm God's favorite. That's what's so wonderful. And if you're born again and you're chosen of God, you're God's favorite. Now that would enrich your heart to know that God chose you specifically. I mean, you imagine that widow woman. She was chosen out by the prophet of God, the only woman in the whole land where inside them where... Elijah came and said, hey. And she didn't suffer the famine like everyone else did. Don't you think she felt herself special? I mean, if everyone else was starving and someone came to you and enriched you and gave you, would you feel yourself special? Would you feel that you were special? Very special. Pardon? Very special? And if you're born again in a land where the word of God is rare, don't you feel you're special? Yes. Isn't it wonderful? Yes. That God in his mercy and grace out of all the millions in the earth should take trouble over me. That I should hear and it opened my eyes and opened my ears that I could know. Thousands upon thousands of sinners going to a Christless eternity and God got hold of me. Wow. That is special. Isn't it? I mean, why would he choose someone like you? I mean, God's grace. Right out of, you know, he'd go to a nation and just pick up a man and say, that's it. Why does God choose? Uh, and you see, when you take the humanistic point of view and you say, well, you know, God loves everyone, God yeah, 
But I tell you, he loves his people best. This is my son, this day have I begotten you. Hey, I want to tell you, Jesus was special. And if Christ lives in you and you're a son of God, you are special. And God has promised special things for his special sons that he specially chose in a special way and birthed from above. And you are a peculiar people and no one like you. And you've got to look and think, hey, it's just like in days of old when Elijah came. God somehow knocked on my door. He somehow got, and some of you, your families are messed up, your, your people you know are messed up, but somehow God got hold of you. Why did he choose you? Had he just got bad taste? I mean, was he just having an off day? And he thought, you know, well, I must have one oddity in heaven. And he chose you? Or, or do you think, my, God loves me. And Jesus went into uh, the land and, and they were saying, you know, well, can't you just do? Do it for everyone. And then he starts pointing out, no, 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 there's kind of special people. There's special people in the earth. Do you know you are special to God? I look and I, I often think, people don't appreciate what God has done for them. They don't appreciate how special it is. Don't appreciate the gift of God. They don't appreciate the opportunity of God. They don't appreciate the grace of God. I didn't do anything. He did it for me. He loves me. He chose me. He sought me. He found me. He healed me. He forgave me. Because I am special. And he starts explaining it. Now, to a Jew, that was bad news. Man. You see, what he was saying, you, you look at it. it. It's lovely. He says in verse 27, And many lepers were in Israel in the time of Elisha the prophet. And none of them was cleansed. Now, here's a group of people that are claiming to be God's people. Here's a group of people who are claiming all the promises and how they've got everything right. And here's Jesus saying, well, you know, there are a lot of lepers in Elisha's time, but he just went to one. And when you think about it, he was a Syrian. He wasn't even God's people. Here's Jesus saying, well, look, there were thousands of lepers in Israel, but uh, Elisha only cleansed one. And the only reason he cleansed him was because the maidservant was an Israelite who testified. 
as to what could happen. That is the most amazing thing. A testimony of one of God's people in slavery brought him to life. Have you ever thought about that? God gets to the people that he shouldn't get to. God saves the people who naturally, you would think, shouldn't get help. And the people that should get help don't get it. I love it. And all they in the synagogue, when they heard these things, were so happy. Is that what it says? Verse 28. What happened to them? Here is, first of all, they want him to do the miracles. Then he points out, hey, it's very selective. And they get, what? Mad with him. Do you know, when, when the truth gets to people, they get angry inside. <laughs> when they begin to understand God, the natural man gets angry. Because it's just not right in his eyes. You know, I find often... People get mad. They don't like the preacher because he says things they don't like. Sure he does. If you're just neutral and you don't get mad or glad, well, you're dead. And I intend to make you mad at times. It's my intention to upset you. I, I won't make no bones about it. I, I want you either mad or glad. You know, you get at people. People don't want correction. What they want, they want someone to come and, and make them feel good. Well, if you're wrong, I want you to feel bad. I, I want to get underneath your coat and really stick it to you. I want to make it so uncomfortable you get in a rage. It's all right. I'm used to it. Uh, and, you know, you, you work away, and that's a preacher's job. How you can get in people's face. Now, there are some people that are just nice, uh, and, you know, they, they smooth everything over. And then there are people, Jesus kind of lifted up what was really in them. I love it. Look what happened. And they rose up, and what? Thrust him out of the city, and led him unto the brow of a hill, whereon their city was built, that they might cast him down headlong. Well, I mean, these are a grateful people. As was his custom, he'd gone, and he announced, look, this day is this thing fulfilled in your ears, and he, he told them, hey, it, it's happening, uh, and the next moment when he tells them the truth and, and he began by saying it was fulfilled in their ears and then he began to tell them about Elijah and Elisha and boy, they wanted to take him up and throw him off the top of a hill kill him and that's how a lot of natural people are when they're challenged with the truth of God they get mad inside what they want to do is kill off the word of God. And if you can't 
kill off truth, you try and kill off the person who delivers it. That's the way it goes. You know, you can't get at God, he's in heaven, so get at the preacher, he's still on earth. Just part of the package, being a preacher. You get people, you make them mad. You make them mad for their own good, but they don't feel it's good. They get mad because they think it's bad. This is Jesus, you know. Gentle Jesus. Meek and mild. And they he got so mad, they drag him out of a city. They weren't taking it easy. Inside your heart, when you're confronted with truth, what goes on? Do you argue about the truth? Do you not like the truth? Do you say, hey, well, you know, I don't want to accept that. I, I know better. Faith without works is, is what? So if it doesn't produce, it's what? Dead. Uh, and Jesus was just kind of getting under their skin. He just, none of, not in the synagogue, no, no one had ever got healed. No one had, they'd heard of the miracles, and now they're suddenly thinking, and they'd heard about him turning water into wine. And boy, most of them would have loved to have done that and drunk the whole lot themselves. Uh, and here these Jews are, and they're so mad at Jesus. And here he is standing up in the synagogue and saying, you know, I've come to heal the brokenhearted. They couldn't heal any broken heart, these guys. All they did was break hearts because they were miserable, religious people. And here's Jesus, and boy, you know, you are what you are today because that's what you want to be. That's it. You are what you are because that's what you want to be. Do you know, you get your family in a mess because you're in a mess. You get your home in a mess or your business in a mess because you're in a mess. You know, the widow woman, when the prophet turned up, she did what she was told. That's all she did. She obeyed. Give me to eat. And she was about to have her last meal and die. And Elijah turned up. Some people would get to the end of their tether and God sends someone with an answer and it's not the answer they want. They want a different answer. Some people get to the end of life and they miss everything. You know, the most wonderful thing was Jesus. He was there. Look what happens. But he, in verse 30, passing through the midst of them, went his way. He just passed through the midst of them. Just went his way. Walked through. Went on his way.
They were full of hate. Sad. You know, the saddest thing is to see, and as a pastor, I suppose it's just part of your lot, is to see people could have so much and God would do so much, but because of the envy and the hatred and the selfish ambition inside of them, they miss everything. They never hear. Hearing they hear and seeing, they don't see. And they walk in the midst of plenty and starve. Not because of any other reason than they just don't want to hear the truth. They don't want to hear the truth of God. What they want to do is make their own plans, make their own ideas. You know, selfish ambition is the most destructive thing of all. I want to be what I want to be. I want to be what God wants me to be. Widow woman, what was it about you that caused you to be chosen? Well, it was just that God, in his mercy and his grace, sent a man of God. And the man of God just gave simple instructions. What you think will save you isn't going to save you. What you think is life isn't life at all. It's death. Your reasonings, your religious ideas, all the kind of notions you've got are all wrong. What you've learned and what you've been taught is false. Here were all the people in the synagogue. Every single one of them was looking for a Messiah that was to come. And Jesus stood in the midst of them. And he took the book and he opened it at the prophet Isaiah. And he said, hey, there's one who's anointed to heal the brokenhearted. There's one who's anointed to open blind eyes, to break every bondage. And he stood and he said to them as plainly as anything, this day is fulfilled in your ears. This was the one they waited for. Every Jew looked for him. But when he came, he wasn't what they expected. When he spoke, it wasn't what they wanted to hear. You know, God comes always 
in a way you don't want. Because a natural man doesn't like the things of the Spirit. He says, no, I want it different. I'd like it different. And so he said, no, it's not this way. Let's have it some other way. And so Jesus then made it plain, well, look at Elijah. He was the one who shut up the heavens with his word. He was the one who shut up the fountains of the deep and a great famine came. And when everyone was in deep famine, he just went to one woman. There was a person chosen by God who would hear. And that was it. No one else. What a God. What a God we serve. Very specific choice. Why? Why was it with all the lepers in Israel? Not one of them was cleansed by the prophet. God just made a choice. And it was a Syrian who came. Why didn't other lepers come? And here Jesus walks into the synagogue. And they say, well, we want the miracles you did in Capernaum to happen here. We've heard about the miracles. We know we want them. And then Jesus just said, just a minute. God only works with special people. There wasn't one there who said, well, I want to be one of those special people. No, they were affronted that God should be selective because they thought they were all God's people. So they thrust him out of the city and he never did a miracle. Having announced why he'd come, they said, this anointing we don't want. This power we reject. This reality, not for us. Isn't that crazy? I mean, aren't they crazy? And that's how people are. That's how people are. God would do everything for them. But when the real crunch comes, they reject him. How crazy. What is it in a human heart 
that makes a person reject what God would do. What is it in a human heart that gets so angry at such a wonderful Savior? He just said, I'm come to heal the brokenhearted. Said, I've come to loose every captive. I've come to heal. Why get angry at him? When he said this day is this scripture fulfilled in your ears, what was it that turned them so enraged them? If you want the answer, it was simple. Selfish ambition. They wanted God to fulfill their will. And he'd come to fulfill the will of him who sent him. Elijah didn't go to many because God sent him to one. Elisha didn't cleanse many. Only one was sent. He knew how to hear from heaven. And what Jesus was saying was, I hear from heaven. I know to whom I'm sent. And they got mad at him. That's what's so mysterious. Why? Why? Why, oh God? I want to tell you this morning we gathered for just one or two individuals. in a weird way this day it's different that's it If you could see into the heavenly realm, if your eyes could look on him, If you could understand there's something wonderfully hidden 
I love it. I, I, I just love my God. I'm special to him. You know you came a long way for prayer, didn't you? Come on. You came from Ireland. Your wife, come, you want prayer, didn't you? Come on. You come here. Just reach out your hands to them. Father, in the name of Jesus, Lord, I just pray in your grace and your love. You'll reach out your hand right now. Holy Ghost. Precious Holy Spirit. Precious Lord, you've so desired to reach their lives. They've come so far. They didn't really know why they came. But Lord, you were waiting for them. Because you had a purpose. Lord, I just pray for this woman and your grace and your life. Meet her in the most needs. Lord, be all she needs. Gracious King of Kings. And Lord, let your healing power flow into this man. Master, I pray you'll make them a living witness to your grace and your love. Make them burning and shining lights of grace and power. Lord, you waited for them. I just pray you'll fill them with all your life and all your love. Be everything they need, O King of Kings. In their home, be the source of all power. In their lives, Lord Jesus, keep them, I pray. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Thank you. Just burn out this cancer. Oh, Master. Master, burn it out. Let that quickening power flow right now. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord.
he's going to make a way for you where there seemed to be no way. There are many secret times when you cried and you were confused. But he's telling you this day that confusion's going to be over. There's going to be a new confidence, a new certainty. And the times when you cried and sometimes you were just so afraid, you wondered whether the things you were thinking could be real. And you wondered whether you were going so wrong. I want to tell you it was God's drawing power. It was his spirit speaking within. The times of discontent was his spirit moving. He wanted to show you. And he wants to gather you. Because he loves you. special to him all the fears are going to go all the anxiety is going to leave the peace of God is going to rule your hearts from this day the things that have bound you so much they're going to fall off it's going to be as though the chains just fell away from you and you're going to know that your God is in control. He heard you in the night. And he's brought you to the day. Because you're special to him. Very special. You don't feel you are. But he wants to tell you, yes, you are. He hears. Father, I just pray for each one who's requested prayer. I thank you that you always hear us. Lord, and I pray for each one here who hears the sound of my voice. Almighty King of Kings, fulfill your purpose. Lord Jesus, heal, deliver. Lord, let life flow right now in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. It's so, so easy. It really is.